I just remember fiber. back in the infancy of yet another tech show. I want to say it was right around episode eight or nine. Oh and, yeah, um, I remember that. You you given a nice little comment about the Mormons alienating <laughs> yet another demographic from our show. No big deal. Yeah, we don't we get paid by the click. Listeners ever again. We don't get paid by the <laughs> that, click. That accounts for the big Mormon uh, boycott of yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Episode 51 of Yats. Every Wednesday night, we meet up right here. Yet another tech show.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we have Aunt Pruitt with the AC on and the aviators. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, Matt? We got Larry Press, not in an airport today. Very awesome. How are you, Larry? Great, you guys. Good to see you. We got Mike Rothman. What's up, Mike? Hey, gentlemen. Good to be here. And from a hotel room somewhere in Middle America, Chris Miller. What's up, Chris? Middle America. Do you know where this city is? Yeah, it's I didn't want to say where you were at because... But it's not Middle America. Let's just say it's a coastal city. Well, it's not exactly <laughs> where, on where the are coast. Where right. I'm in Boston. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I, you, thought, um, I thought you said Austin. Never mind. You thought we I said Austin? Think, Austin, Texas? You think you're a Middle American, Chris. That's it. Austin, Texas? Yeah, no, Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, oh. yeah. Did you go there for the marathon? Ant gets it. No. Ant's the Ant only gets, one. Yeah, Ant gets it. He'll be all right later. That's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, what do you guys want to start talking about? We had uh, more stuff about the Facebook phone. I know we've all kind of talked about... Ant brought up an interesting point about ads. He posted uh, these two ads, one from Twitter and one from Facebook, about how they're going to monetize a, a little bit more. And Ant... On AOTA last night, we were talking about some of the permissions that the Facebook Home app uses, and one of those is a screen overlay. And I was thinking, when you posted this video thing, are they're selling ad space for this new thing at quite quite a price? Now, does this mean that once ad is full fully in place, they're going to stop whatever's happening on your phone and show you this fully overlaid ad using those permissions. Do you think that's why it's so expensive? No, I think they're just trying to put all of their, their eggs in one basket because they're a sinking ship when it comes to advertising. Really? How much would it be worth to you to be able to freeze a person's phone and overlay a full screen ad like that? Like That seems like a million bucks placement, right? Yeah, that's what they think, but I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to do that. Um, even if it was just for the web browser version of it, who's going to pay a million dollars for that? Not me. I don't, I don't, that you seems know. silly. And but... don't get me wrong. We all know they have a gazillion users and, and whatnot, but still, man, a million dollars. This isn't the Super Bowl we're talking about. You know, Seven-figure commitments for video ads that will launch this summer. They're saying that there, this, uh, <laughs> these executives who have been briefed on the product say that they're banking on four million dollars a day business right out of the gate for these video ads. You know what though? The first time someone sees one of those on their phone and they throw it, <laughs> like, and just, I mean, <laughs> what's the response to that? Like, that's this is not. I don't know. That's the question I wanted to ask you guys because you you all are, you know, prominent Facebook users and whatnot. Uh, you go Wait. to look at your live stream or news feed or whatever the heck it's called. And, you know, for example, let's say they're talking about mm, the latest, uh, oh, the Masters or something like that. And you have no interest in golf, but you have interest in sports. And they target this particular ad at you. And your screen is full of Tiger Woods and, and Zach Thomas. And well, you know, as, as far as the, the regular Facebook Android app goes, you always know that the second post is an ad. So I automatically skip the first three 
and and then you're in the normal posts. And I don't know if that'll change if because people are like, oh, we know the second post is an ad. Your eyes get used to it, and you just don't yeah. see it all of a sudden, you know. But I I don't know. This sounds way more invasive than that, but it kind of makes yeah. sense about why they would want to dig hooks further into Android than than what their normal app did. Much more well, yeah, monetizable, more user base on Android, but but still, it, it, it's. It's asinine. I at least give Twitter some credit the way they're doing it. So explain you know? explain uh, what the difference is. Well, with Twitter, it's you're seeing promoted tweets basically, but within those promoted tweets, you have um, you have an embedded video. So you'll see it at the top of your feed, and it's going to stick out and whatnot. But yet, you can still just scroll on through it. You know. But and in the example they use, the NCAA March Madness here on the article from All Things D. It doesn't really look like an ad. Like if if you would follow March Madness, if you're into uh, college basketball, you would. It just looks like a normal tweet, and in it there's this video. So is the ad going to be at the beginning of the video? When I tried to play it, it couldn't find it. So I guess the video was taken down since, or, or whatever. Well, yeah, that was an old one. Right, right. So are they doing pre rolls, or is this another overlay, or is the video itself the ad? The video is the ad. So it's a content ad. It looks like content, but it's actually an ad. It's tricky. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks, and just like you said, it looks like a regular tweet, you know, and you, you have the ability to just scroll on through it. Is there any denotion in the feed that says sponsored tweet or anything like that? or That I can't confirm, but I know before we had these so-called video ads and tweets, you know, some of your uh, Twitter clients, it would mention in their promoted tweet. How much is Twitter? Sweet used to do that. What's Twitter charging for one of these ads? It's nowhere near what Facebook's charging, is it? I don't think it, I don't think it was a million dollars. You know, but, I I may not be the only person that feels, uh, or I may be the only person that feels this way, but I find it super annoying when a a video starts showing in my web browser that I haven't, you know, sort of explicitly asked to see. It's it's a major distraction, and it's it's audio as well as the video, and it's sucking up bandwidth, and it's just more noise. You know what fixes that? Turn on click-to-play. Yeah. Ah, good tip. Back before <laughs> Chrome incorporated into the settings, you had to go into About Flags and enable it there, and that helped Flash. Whenever there was a Flash applet, it would just load the puzzle piece, and if you wanted it to see what it was, you could click on it. That way it saved you from auto-loading. But now it's in the normal settings in Chrome. So. But, but as all these guys point out, if nobody looks at the ads, then they're not going to make any money and they're going to go away. Um, Which is gotta get some inevitable. Someplace. I mean, if you overuse any kind of ad medium, people eventually get used to it. Those who haven't been already brainwashed, would, in, in that case, they're then already your customer. But the rest of us, we just get immune to it. So they have to keep changing placement and, and what they're doing and, and all that. You know, I, I can say one thing in support of what Mike's saying as a cord cutter on plain old TV. I am so spoiled now. If I watch real, you know, regular TV, like over my rabbit ears, I hate the ads. Oh, it's terrible. It's so nice to see TV without ads and to watch something on Netflix where it's going along and then the screen goes black for two seconds and then it starts back up and you know, shit. There That's how it is if you live on a, on a diet of, of torrents. It's yeah. just the screen it fades Same and then it fades back really in. Suck. I'm I'm willing to not even do torrents. I'm willing to pay Netflix to oh, yeah. save me from ads. We do ads. that too, but it is yeah. weird. I haven't seen ads in like ten years. Like I haven't had television service in a good ten years. And every time I'm at a friend's house or somewhere that there's TV, a bar or whatever, and I I see a commercial, like I'm always blown away at how how in your face and like just. It's like literally brainwashing you and people just don't notice it because they're used to it because they see it all the time. But for someone that isn't so used to it, like it's a very jarring thing to be taken out of the show you're watching and like, here's this, buy the, like, please buy. It's desperate. It's very desperate feeling. Even it it goes even, I feel kind of a little bit, a little jolt of happiness every time something in Netflix doesn't have an ad where you see that little, Oh, there would have been an ad here. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's a little subconscious True. smile for you every time. Yeah. Ads suck. Can we conclude that ads suck? Ads though? suck. I think we're yeah. all in agreement. Do any of us have jobs that depend on ads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so, 
So while we're filming tonight, we should say there's breaking news that's going on while we're live. Oh, please. That aren't aware. What's that? Um, Waco, Texas, an entire fertilizer plant has exploded. They've evacuated uh, part of West Texas. There are already toxic fumes. They've uh, got part of a nursing home that was destroyed. The pictures are online. BuzzFeed has a really good just uh, picture. Uh, they pulled Twitter images. Uh, they're using the local high school football field as a staging area, and there's hundreds possible injured. It also took out part, uh, injured part of a nursing home as well as local. I read earlier that that fertilizer plant was on fire earlier, so there was actually yeah. an explosion after that then. Numerous explosions. Crazy. It's about 7.50 p.m. Uh, that's central time down there that it took place. There's some good images of just the clouds and the smoke clouds in the air it's so it's that's a good deal. that's a good segue into how uh technology and these social platforms are being used more and more in these times of distress we saw a good first-hand example of that uh, with the boston bombings at the marathon that just happened uh google put up a page almost immediately i mean it was i was at work so i was just kind of seeing this happen the first i heard of it was on twitter so it was it was that and then Google puts up a thing. If you're looking for a person, click here. If you are a person with information about people, click here. And it helped people, you know, find who they were looking for and, and all that. There, but, was, there was a fireball before the explosion, it seems. It's the only thing I've seen so far that's on here. Uh, they're telling law enforcement is saying, please leave West Texas uh, immediately. So West Texas ISD. Wow. Uh, what, who is that? Let's see who that is. Hold on. They are the, uh, the PK-12 public school district in Central Texas tweeted, uh, law enforcement saying get out of town immediately. Multiple wow. because of the fertilizer plant explosion. Because of the toxic because fumes. Of the toxic fumes. Oh, yeah, because the fumes. In, in, that doesn't sound like it was an intentional act, though. It sounds yeah. like it. accident. It's, it's saying it was after the fire. It took a you know it blew up a few. They said people up to two hundred miles away are feeling the seismic uh, overlay from. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's really weird because West Texas covers a huge territory. Right. Yeah, stuff's still coming in, but yeah. Wow. Now, yeah, go ahead. We'll and talk the, about some other stuff. And the technology uh, angle? Technology angle is right now that I, I appreciate. The, I actually appreciate the way that BuzzFeed is doing it. They're showing nothing graphic and only remote scenes of stuff. And, like, you know, clouds and picture images are doing nothing graphic or anything else. You saw a lot of that from the bombing too. a lot of posts saying that instead of posting pictures of like the chaos and the mayhem post pictures of this. And it was a picture of the first aid station of where to donate blood or, you know, they're trying to or actually focus more on the pop- what's the that? first responder, the uh, pictures of the first responders that were going into. Something. Right. Right. It seemed like they were trying to there. It wasn't a lot, but it was a, a, enough that I noticed it. People saying, hey, focus on the positive, not the negative. And I don't know. It's kind of important if you it, think about it. I heard on NPR this afternoon, though, that they've got uh, I guess there must have been a zillion people there with video with, uh, you know, phones videotaping the thing. And they, uh, everyone's everyone's posting to Twitter and with something like Banjo. I can narrow into that exact area and see all the pictures at once. Yeah. And they, they, but I heard on NPR that that they have video of a guy putting a black backpack down and walking. Well, away. and the news picked that up and that, said that they, they had a suspect. A his face, they said. The the That's news said they had a suspect arrested, and then the feds came out and said, "No, we don't, yeah. and you should really be careful about checking out your facts before you go report them yeah. as such." Remember the deal in Atlanta? They, they, they got that reprimanded, guy and, and he ended up suing the hell out of them. You know you're doing a poor job journalistically when the president reprimands you. <laughs> like, all of you. The collective you as a whole. Yeah, well, they, they, said, they explicitly said we don't, wouldn't have enough to charge this person. But they say they've got a good image of the guy that set the backpack down. But that's all they're saying. So I Ant, imagine he's sweating at the moment. And let's so. uh, let's bring this back to the ad thing. If this was happening and this ad platform was already in place, what what kind of ads do you think you would see before this no, this type? They of... would. They you would. Wanna, they, you think they would make that joke after Kennedy was shot? They, there was. Honestly, I think it'd be decent not to do. It. Uh, honestly, do you, you have traffic I, that you, would generate? Do you want me? Do you want me to give you the honest answer? No, I want you yes. to lie to us all. <laughs> yes, Based, be honest, please. Because I mean, in the situation, so we should say, no yeah. matter what this was, it's once again horrible. Right. But I believe because of the way algorithms work, the ads we would be seeing would be for things like lawn care and fertilizer services. Yeah, that's true. If it's just an algorithm doing it. Yeah. I. I, I can, okay. I I can just give you one parallel, like, and you guys don't remember this, but Mike may, like when Kennedy was shot. 
uh, TV just covered that 24-7, but they didn't do any advertising. I mean, they had enough... Uh, but all of these platforms nowadays, like it, when things like this happen, they see this giant boost in traffic, and it's almost counterproductive not to utilize that. As crappy as that yeah. sounds, you know. But still, I don't know. Yeah, no, That's but still, I, I definitely that, that agree was, with it. Can be assassination. Can be assassination was like three days yeah. of nonstop, nothing on television, but live coverage of uh, the the those those tragic events and of course it was further complicated in those days but in those those three in that three-day window because lee Harvey oswald oswald was all also shot and killed shortly thereafter yeah that Uh, was like part of the breaking story but as i recall there were no you guys want to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh these Wi-Fi routers that are easy to hack. And we've kind of, if you follow security at all, you know this. There's UPnP enabled by default on the public-facing side, which is elementary at best to exploit. There's there's tons of stuff left default on these routers that when people install them, they're not, they're not changing. They're not changing their default passwords. They're not, you know, they're not enabling any security that they should be. They're not disabling any vulnerabilities that they should be. And so you see these studies that come out here and there showing that like all of these millions and millions and millions of routers are just vulnerable to being exploited and it's it's going to happen more and more. You saw they uh point out a an attack on 4.5 million Brazilian DSL modems with the goal of stealing bank and credit card info uh that happened in 2011 and it's all because of firmware vulnerabilities at the hardware level so it's the manufacturers who aren't they're just rushing these things out the door before they're fully testing them and these exploits just get found and exploited and there you go uh the evacuation is not only sorry to update but not because of just the fumes but also because another large tank next to it hasn't exploded yet and the fire is still there and it might oh so there's they're having a hard time putting out the fire then it sounds like if it's been this long, no. it's still burning. Yeah, so, well, it looks like it. I, you can't tell from the pictures if it's burning or just smoke at this point. So Right. Now, Matt, you were talking about this uh, hardware and firmware issue, but it, there's still some responsibility on the owners of the devices once they have them in their yeah. possession. It, there is, but if you give me a piece of Swiss cheese, like I can only <laughs> plug so many holes with my... Ten fingers, you know, like it's. I mean, just think about it. You can only secure. You've blatantly seen banks with WEP. Yeah, yeah. In your your route, yeah, blatantly. And and I've been in a situation where I I was in a a complex somewhere and and saw an open network that belonged to said business and whatever and jumped right in and renamed the SSID because <laughs> why they didn't change the default password i just took a few random guesses and sure enough yeah you know. exactly if you've done any amount of war driving wherever you live and granted i live in a smaller town in montana so i see more weps and stuff like that but i am noticing more wpas here and there but and any android device can do this with a couple of key apps you can just drive around and it'll map you <laughs> wi-fi analyzer uh What's the other good one? Uh, I can't even think of the name, but yeah, they they will like plot maps with what's what the key is, what you know, like all the information for that router, the MAC address, the SSID, everything. Yeah, it, it's it's easy. So I don't know. This it, it happens more and more the more people examine this kind of stuff, and I mean routers, I. They they get replaced, but I feel like there is there's still a lot of people like me that have the old school Linksys routers that haven't yeah. been updated in who knows how long. You know, you can yeah, run tomato. And- there is some, just like you said, there are there is some onus on these on the manufacturers for handing you Swiss cheese as you so eloquently right. put it. But and a user can install tomato or DDRT or any of those other firmwares that'll run on as long as it'll run on your router hardware but who's gonna do that people like me and you that's it you know our our parents aren't doing that they're not running anything other than stock default passwords you know yeah that's true and and and, but who 
whose responsibility is it to educate these consumers well, and that's, that has this stuff? The article on the article on CNET puts the onus more on the manufacturer. They say oh. the best way to protect yourself is out of your hands. Yeah. Uh, the report was written by Independent Security Evaluators of Baltimore, some research firm. Uh, they found 13 of the most popular off-the-shelf wireless routers could be exploited by a, quote, moderately skilled adversary with LAN or WLAN access. Uh, it also concludes that your best bet for safer Wi-Fi depends on router vendors upping their game. All 13 routers evaluated can be taken over from the local network, with four of those requiring no active management session. Eleven of the 13 can be taken over from a wide area network, the WAN side, uh, like via Wi-Fi or whatever. So, not good. Not good. And I'm with CNET on that. There's no way you can expect people, the average consumer, to... Not no this kind of stuff, right? It. Not with yeah. the ISPs just handing people DSL modems and cable modems and saying, all you have to do is plug this in and turn it on, and it's ready to go. Like, you have to put that stuff in place. Yeah, so it, you think it's all the ISP? I won't work until you give me a password or something. But or it, until it, you change... I don't think you can ask a, an end user to... I think there is there's a line, right? You can expect them if prompted to do things like change the default password, but only if prompted. You can't expect them to know that. I I no, don't think you got right? to prompt. You got to you got to go further. You say there is no default. But password. with these prompts, I'm not turn and on to give me a password. We saw this with the WPS uh, vulnerability. That was all the pin numbers for that push. I think it was called WPS. It was the thing that you would just press the button. And then you would press the button on your device and it would say enter the four-digit pin. Like, all of that stuff is just completely exploitable. But the reason they included it was they had a set of standards that needed to be met. And in those standards, it said this has to be literally plug-and-play for the consumer. So they had to put this, you know, technology in place, which basically opens it up to anyone with a four-digit pin scan. You know, it's like, it's... Yeah, it's no good. Security minded. So, uh, and then speaking of security, Microsoft finally upped their game with uh, those like uh, Google, Facebook does a two-factor auth in in certain if you SMS to your phone. But Microsoft's implementing two-step verification on their accounts. Mike, you're a big Microsoft user. Have you turned this on yet at all? Well, you know, they've gone through, uh, with the rollout of Windows 8, they've gone through a process of uh, requiring that you authorize your computers, each each of your devices, whether they're the com computer, Windows Phone 8, or one of their tablets. And so I figured it was, the, you know, it was a, a, a fairly short step for them to get to requiring that for logon. Uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't uh, yet encountered the requirement that I have to provide a second level of authorization for logging into my uh, my standard uh, Microsoft Live account. So this sounds like they're implementing it like Google is using a, an authenticator application that'll send you verification codes if you're offline. Uh, the optional security measure, this is off of VentureBeat, says it's poised to prevent hacks, fraudulent activities, and account abuses. It will implement verification on all of the products and services that use a Microsoft account. So that's Windows, Windows Phone, like you said, uh, Xbox, Outlook, Skype, and SkyDrive. Uh, it'll ask you for two pieces of information anytime users access the account, the password, and then a code which is sent to your phone or your inbox. And you can also... Uh, like I mentioned, set up the Authenticator app if you're offline. I am a big user of Microsoft software, but really most of my services I get from uh, from Google. So, uh, Are you using you, Google's two-factor auth? You bet I am. Good stuff. <laughs> Are you using Facebook's SMS auth? No, I don't even, I don't even really use Facebook, oh, okay. so I mean... It's don't don't even bother me with. I Facebook. turn that on just because it it's also handy because it will you'll get messages sent to you. So if someone's trying to log into your account and not able to, like it'll let you know. So that's I turned it on just for that. So if I'm getting messages, I know that. Yeah, I should, that's cool. That's that that cool. was like the only reason. But 
Google definitely. If you live in any kind of Google sphere using Android or anything like that, like you definitely should be protecting that with uh, you know, Google. All my mail, all my calendar and contacts. Yep, exactly. Uh, everything I have in Google Drive, I just don't want that stuff hacked. And then Dropbox also. I didn't. I didn't catch that, but Dropbox implemented it a bit ago also. That's kind of cool. Yeah, Dropbox implemented the same protocol that Google uses. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, is it weird that Microsoft is just now doing this? Like, is it like about time? Yeah, it's it's probably past time, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, this a lot like everything else Microsoft is doing these days. It's a little too late to too the game. Too little, too late. You know, Google Google's offered two-factor authentication for what about two years? They were now? one of the first, if I remember right, or the, yeah, at least yeah. the, one of the first that of the services that I use online to offer. And they do it. They do it really well. They do it thoughtfully. There's Google has a lot of good help. The online. app works really well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, and actually great. speaking of that app, there was just an update for it today. I noticed on my phone. So Google Authenticator. The weird thing is there was a update on my phone today for Google Voice. And Google really? Voice hasn't been updated for about 12 years. I have Google Voice. I didn't <laughs> notice that. No kidding. It'll yeah, be interesting see to see. Update. I just had a ton of updates hit just now. And do, do you have it in yours? My phone's in the other room charging. Yeah, I, I have it on my phone. I can't tell any difference in the way Google Voice works. Did it change and anything? Does it look the same? Is it, it still looks, It looks the same so huh. far as I can tell. When you go into the Google Play Store, you, you know, description and change log, it tells me nothing except that it fixes bugs. So it may just be a, a bug fix. It fixes the bug that says this app hasn't been updated in two years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's the bug it fixes. I just wish we could get SMS in Google Voice, you know? Yeah, I do too, big time, Ant. Not SMS, MMS. We yeah, already picture SMS. message, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then again, yeah, if I... they, they probably are like, why don't you just e- email a picture? Why are you still texting pictures to people? Like, that's the worst way to send someone a picture, you know? Like, now I got to download it through the carrier, and that's slow. I don't know, yeah, just email it. And it's because everybody isn't like us. That's, well, that's yeah, the only I know. reason, I know. you know? It's just a pain, I'm saying. I tell people a gazillion times, you know, because I use my Google Voice number as my primary. The idea is if you make it it crappy enough, people will stop using it and they'll look for something better. Have any of you had this problem? I've I've had problems receiving SMS messages to my Google Voice phone number. They, nope. That is, they they don't come through. No, I give I give my Google Voice number out on the other podcasts I do and tell the listeners to text, and I get texts okay from it. I don't really use it as my normal text messenger because I use Text Secure yeah. for uh, encrypted text. Yeah. But yeah, I get messages fine. It seems it is my normal text messaging um, um, app of choice, and I get texts all day yeah. long, yeah. no problem. Mm-hmm. And Chris Miller's sitting over there saying, what's Google Voice? He's on his BBM. Blackberry. <laughs> what's well, Google Voice? What are you talking about? I got uh, two or three accounts on Google Voice. <laughs> you know, I, I used E-Ban to have accounts. Google Voice on my BlackBerry when I had a BlackBerry, BlackBerry Storm years ago. I used to have Google Voice on there. Yeah, I used to have Google Voice when it was Grand Central. <laughs> I've got, yeah. I, I, go all the way, I go all the way back to Grand Central. Grand yeah, I've got Central. some nice. accounts with uh, names. Yeah, we use it for the Social Geek Show. It has a Google Voice account of its own as well. Wow. Nice. Well, you, what, what is your SMS application of choice on uh, Android? Text secure. On Android? Yeah. SMS? The default? Just the, the default. default. <laughs> the stock? The default. <laughs> but um, I use Google Voice for a ton of stuff, yeah. But yeah. I use WhatsApp. Um, WhatsApp, yeah. I like WhatsApp because there's no data limit. There's pictures involved. There's video involved. There's voice involved. There's location. It, it's a, a full wrapper of services inside the SMS. But don't, WhatsApp, doesn't everybody have to have uh, WhatsApp, the people you're talking to? Right, which is why you have just a phone because you have SMS, right? It'll be interesting to see what Google does with this Babel, if they, uh, how many well, and which of their chats they're going to bring into it. Doc chat, group chat, hangout chat. G chat, hangout, messenger, you know, like pick some and maybe make it good. Let me ask you, Chris, because I'm not 
terribly familiar with WhatsApp. Uh, does it work with the Google Voice number? Or is it strictly with your carrier provider uh, number? Uh, yes, it does work with the Google Voice number. Really? Yes, it so does. Now I, so now I have another another option. Yes, if you set it up with a Google Voice number, meaning it sends a text to that number that you have to put in the code to activate, well, of course I can get my text from Google Voice. Then, if, as long as the people have your Google Voice number as the number in their phone, it'll see you online and active because it already knows that phone is active under that Google Voice number. Well, yeah, it works cool. really well. Okay, cool. It's what I use. But again, it's only primarily for other what apps, what's app users as far Correct. as... Correct. Okay. Correct. But that is cross-platform, right? It's iOS, Android, all that. So it's one solution that will work on a bunch of different devices. Just had our app review on yet another tech show. Compliments of Mr. I Do Notes. Nice deal. <laughs> did you guys Wherever see? You did you guys see? Uh, people are starting to get glass in their hands. I, I heard first the Robert Scoble SoundCloud. Here's my first impressions on glass, and then uh, Drew Olinoff on TechCrunch came out with uh, his A Day with Glass first impressions. Uh, I'll just mention the thing I noticed in Scoble's talk was that the augmented reality is not there, and that's kind of the thing I was excited for mainly was the augmented reality putting signals on my real world and 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 furthering and augmenting ingress, that, you know, making ingress. it useful. <laughs> and for Ingress, right? Yeah, and I, I know it's it's Rev 1. It's actually Rev point one probably, and that's why I said I'll wait for 2 or 3 to come out before I get it, but... It's kind of disappointing. He said it's really great for being a photographer, and that's about it. So, I don't know. It's kind of a letdown, but then again, we kind of expected it. Uh, what do you guys yeah. think? So, so, me and you were right on par in, in re- waiting on revision two? Right, two or three or four. <laughs> yeah. Whenever it gets under $500 and does yeah, augmented nice. reality, then I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, not for 1,500 beans. No, no. <laughs> As much as I love Google and, and as much as I know they have everything under the sun regarding Aunt Pruitt. So, yeah. let me ask this. If you pay the 1500 are you going to get updates? As far as the hardware will carry you, right? Until they rev the hardware, I would imagine. Well, that's my point. How far does that go? And, and, you know, what about the updates? And how, what if they change a full design thing to meet a new software update that they need? Do you, are you screwed? Or do right, they right. Or what if they decide that people's eyeballs are exploding and you actually need two glass, not just yeah. the one? Otherwise, Sticking people will cross-eyed, this. right? <laughs> like, yeah. you, lawsuits. Rev one, lots of lawsuits. All 1,500 people cross-eyed now. Sticking people with a 720p television, basically, and then the next season announcing 1080p. Yeah, that and that's – we mentioned they they had some of the specs uh, we talked about on AOTA last night. That, and it said that it's like looking at a 25-inch HD display from eight feet away. But then what Robert Scoble and what this that's article small, here dude. says, that's not really <laughs> – you're not getting that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's small. That's I mean, that's uh, nowadays, that's people's computer monitor. Yeah, that's my yeah, monitor. Didn't I want to go back? Didn't somebody say earlier that you can't share or get sell or something? Tell me about that. It's the the it, the Explorer editions because they don't want people giving them to other people, selling them on eBay, stuff like that. Google came out and said we're going to brick any of the glass that isn't being used by the original. Does Scoble oh, have a Explorer edition? I believe so. Yes. Okay, because people are tweeting they just tried on his glasses, so he'll be brick tomorrow. Uh... <laughs> Who knows? Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I would like to point that out. People, I would I like to point that out on record. <laughs> I'm reading this now that people just said, I tried on Scoble's Google Glasses. They were so cool. I mean, people are tweeting this. But oh, they, that doesn't mean they like it. They must be logged in as Scoble still. That's my point. They, they can't know when you actually move it to another person. Yeah, I, I think Google that's might the be reading your point. eyeballs. Who knows? This may Red have some stamp. some EKG. Shit, it might have right. an EKG in it, reading your thoughts. You never know. And said they already know everything about them. Why not your uh, retina scan? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they'd scan my retinas and see more and more into my life, which would probably bore the hell out of them. Face yeah, to I'll unlock. take you to Google Glass. You won't look nearly as cool as with those glasses. Yeah, the aviators, baby. Well, let me tell you. So, 
I mean, I pretend to be Ant all the time on Facebook because I log in as him. So, and it's easy to mistake the two of you. Well, yeah. so while, I'm, while I'm on there, I say things like Google, give me the glass. I say things like that. So we'll see what happens. Start starting out conversations with OK Glass. <laughs> so at the at the bottom of the TechCrunch article, they say what glass is and what it isn't. And what it isn't, they say, is a replacement for your cell phone because you have to pair the device with the one you have for cell or Wi-Fi, obviously. Ooh, it's like a pebble. Ooh, it's not a device for watching movies or YouTube videos, and it's not going to replace your computer. Well, thank you, TechCrunch. If you thought it was, <laughs> slap your face right now. You won't be able to read full search results on the tiny screen, but you will get really relevant information quickly. What it is, they say, in the few hours that they spent with it is a device that picks up some of the things you do throughout your day and makes that information more easily accessible. The only third-party integration so far built in is Path. Fantastic. So it's it's all cards. You can't get full search results. You're getting these cards, basically. And that's what Scoble said is when he said Glass, Google, whoever this guy is. And it brought up the little wiki card, but it wasn't like you can't scroll through results. you got to pull out your phone. It doesn't do notifications, he said. you still got to pull out your phone for that stuff. So Rev scroll one, through results, you got to throw your head back like this. That's right? what I was to know. How do you scroll on this thing? With that's the little button, probably. Funny. I don't know. He's having he's having issues. No, no, he's scrolling. You have to get your <laughs> flick with your eyes. So. Yeah, yeah, you guys go right ahead and 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 laugh about it. I still want my Google Glasses. No, Mike, I want it too, but I just I don't do want this version. We all do. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds right. like honestly, it sounds like people are going to get them. They're going to put them on. It's going to be gimmicky for like two hours, and then you're never going to touch them again. My thought would have been for this that and Google that, has enough money. That they should have said, give us a deposit of a grand. We're going to give you a first rev glass that you know we're going to change an update. And then return ver- it to us. So you get your money back. If you don't, we're keeping your, your money just to show that you're an idiot. But then you're <laughs> eligible to apply that money for rev two. Right. Right. So keep you in the loop, but you can then demo and show it and work with it. But you don't have this fear of buying a $1,500 piece of junk. Remove, you remove the obsolescence at that point and say, here, this is also your ticket to upgrades for life or for whatever, you know. Right, exactly. And, and no about it, doubt about it that $1,500 is a huge obstacle. But think about this. You're, what you're investing in is, is more times than not you're a developer, so you're paying $1,500 to be able to see the hardware and then make an app that'll work with it, I think. I I've also heard that somebody set up a VC fund. For yeah, Google, Google yeah. Ventures set up one that's, uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to, to pioneer a bunch of apps for Glass specifically. So that would be pretty interesting. Nice. Let's just hope it doesn't end up being Siri, which I guess this first revision will be like that. Kind of, you know right? What I mean? I, I would say, though, Google Now cards are way more useful than Siri, and Google servers are way faster and more reliable than what Apple's doing with Siri. So so while we all sit at a table going about the movie time, we'll all be going, Google, Siri, Siri, Google, all yelling into our phones and our glasses at a dinner table. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes, that's what's going to happen. It's going to suck. you got to ease people into it, right? Rev and soon you'll rev. be yelling at your HTC phone going, Facebook. Oh, that's right, the first there's no yep. place like. Oh man. The ACLU asked the government to investigate phone carriers over this Android security crap. I thought that was kind of interesting. That like you're not updating your phones so much that we're actually going to have to get the government to step in and, and slap you around a little bit. So, carrier's fault manufacturer's fault whoever's making the skins which is preventing the updates their fault this looks like it's laying on the carriers i'm pointing i'm going to point to the carriers myself even if the carriers aren't the ones that designed the overlay that's forcing the updates to be non-existent now wait a minute aren't there still some updates out there for these overlaid phones that that the, oh, are the there? And then the carriers are, are... If that's the case, then yeah, that's kind of dicks on the carriers. But yeah. from what I understand, it's more... The setback is with 
these updates not running because so much has changed between revisions that the overlay for gingerbread isn't going to work with the new overlay for jelly I could have sworn, Matt, that there's there's been, over the years, there would be a leak of some particular update for some particular phone that's not a Nexus device. You know, get your leaked version of so-and-so here, right? you know, because your carrier is still trying to approve it. Right, and there you know is, I mean? but more more of your customers than not aren't going to root and ROM their phone to get that. Oh, no, no, I, I know, know but I say my, it's still the carrier's fault, you know? Sure. I'm with, I'm with Ant on this. My biggest source of dissatisfaction with my Android phone, which, by the way, is a damn good phone overall, yeah. is that it took Android, it took a HTC like six months to get the 4.1 upgrade, to upgrade us from 4.0 to 4.1. And you're on the 1X? Yeah. And by the time that update came out, we were already on 4.2. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's we got right. a we should, that, Mike. <laughs> you see the... Uh, yeah, I, the and- I, I just find that totally unacceptable. Yeah, it is, definitely. So maybe the, the government should step in. Richard Hay well, joining us from the Googleplex. Looks, look at the Android in the background. What's up, Richard? <laughs> read his lips, everyone. I know. Unmute. <laughs> Unmute. Unmute. He's on the pixel. He's, he's on the European delay, too. I, he's have still told, I have totally muted. There he is. <laughs> What's up, Richard? That's like a 20-foot Android there. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How's the Wi-Fi out there on the campus? Ah, Well, I'm just testing to see field, you know, field reporting, you know, capability. Are you on the Pixel? I am on the Pixel. Looks and sounds cool. good for built-in hardware, man, for sure. Yeah. So I figured I'd jump in and just say hi. Hey, what do you think about this? ACLU getting the government to step in on these carriers who are not updating Android, thus leaving their customers open to these security vulnerabilities? Well, I think anything that would basically uh, push the carriers and the handset manufacturers to uh, you know, basically push the, the updates to the software is a good thing. It'll definitely get the numbers up for Jelly Bean adoption over, what, Gingerbread, which is still in the lead, I believe, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, that's uh, that, that's uh, obviously, uh, from Google's standpoint, you know, we'd like to see the latest version of software out on the most number of devices. So, Oh, for sure. And this says here, quote, a significant number of consumers are using smartphones running a version of Android with known exploitable security vulnerabilities, for which fixes have been published by Google, but have not been distributed to the consumer smartphones by the wireless carriers and their handset manufacturer partners. So it looks like both. Yeah. Well, I think you should call them on it because uh, otherwise they're just going to say buy a new phone. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, right? Because come in, extend your contract. It's okay. Come on. We'll, We'll help you. Hey, just while we're on the subject of the carriers, are you all aware that uh, there is an online petition that is urging Verizon to get rid of uh, contracts for their wireless service? Well, and didn't we see the Verizon CEO a couple weeks ago come out yep. and talk about that? And then we saw lots of comments saying, yeah, and then hell froze over. Exactly. Like it's all talk, right? <laughs> it, it, will, it re- will it really happen? Well, this petition apparently first appeared this morning and now has 60,000 signatures. Is it on whitehouse.gov, and is it a we the people over 100,000 signatures, so the government has to mention it? It's on change.org. Okay. And uh, once you're on change.org, search for uh, petitions Verizon. Yeah, link that in the notes so we can link to it at yet another texture.com when we post the show. Whitehouse.gov or com, which is a totally different thing. Right. Yeah, no, I was making the, the We the People joke because if you get a, signat- or a petition with 100,000 signatures, the government has to say something about it. So they should petition them well, instead. I, th- I think that was just an Obama policy. But yeah, well, yeah, you know. It, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I'm gonna stick that in our notes. It forces here, the market to yeah. to fix a problem, though, and that's good because there are a lot of these phones out there, and there's a lot of malware going around. I just wrote a couple pieces for Dell's Tech Page One site about this 
at being part of an Android botnet and the security apps you should avoid because they're pointless and worthless and you know it's just well, a waste. Well, at least T-Mobile, T-Mobile went contractless. Yeah, so they at least did. Something, something is happening. I mean, people, you know, there are carriers that are taking action. It's just not any carrier that is anywhere near where I live, which is fine. <laughs> it's all contracts up here. Uh, Larry, tell me about open data and economics. Yeah, the um, open data is a good thing. There, there was a study um, that some economists did, and they concluded they, they studied 40 countries over many years, looked at their macroeconomic data, and they came to the conclusion that if you have a lot of a high ratio of debt to GDP, it's going to really hurt your economic growth. And so the Republicans ate that up, and they made a big deal out of it. It was Paul Ryan was all over the place with it. Uh, academics cited it all over the place. And then uh, just, I think, then within this week, uh, some other guys took their same data, analyzed it, and found crazy assumptions in their analysis and also found actually a, a formula error in their spreadsheet. So the, the point, I guess the reason I flashed on it is because Open data, you know, it's like open source software. There's uh, all bugs are shallow. Um, with open data, that's the way, you know, with complex issues like economic data, you can't trust one person to gather some data and analyze it. So you got to give credit to the guys that did the study, even though you don't like their conclusions, even though they made mistakes maybe, but they did publish open data. So you can get their data set, you can get their spreadsheets, you can... Your own data analysis. Um, just, I, I just thought that was cool. And like you said, that's it's just like open source software. The more eyes that are on a particular software that people are using, the quicker the vulnerabilities will be found and patched, hopefully, or exploited in yeah. the wild. If not, you know. And that's cool that you, know, you can. It's not even just picking bugs too, because like I mean, I've done a bunch of that stuff with multivariate data analysis of big data sets and. Should, depending on the assumptions you make how to code things and, and uh, what you decide to look for, you can find all kinds of different things. So you need it's it's not that there's one true result comes out of something. There's many ways to look at the data. So you need many people looking at it, even if it's not got, uh, even if there are no errors in the spreadsheet. So yeah, it's just cool. The whole and the open source or the open data movement is. It was really going to perc- is percolating through all of science. It's definitely it's a win for transparency, and it's like show your work so we can yeah check and it. It's going through every branch cool. of science, not just economics. Larry, so read that. Uh, read uh, David Brooks's uh, uh, column yesterday on on big data. I did, and I like David Brooks, though. I want to read it. Yeah, what check did he it out. Say? Well, the, the basic point is that. Uh, Open data, big data, only takes you so far in understanding and predicting human behavior. And he goes on to explain why he feels this way. So it's I don't want to try to characterize it, but you, you should read it. Uh, yeah, with, with, yeah, okay, I will read it. That's it, too. By the way, guys, I, I, I just wanted to let you all know I'm moving to uh, Provo, Utah, Oh, yeah, really? You're going to get Google Fiber, The next Google Fiber site, right? I think, was it Scott Johnson, I think, on Twitter, he mentioned he's it's like 20 miles away from where he lives. I think it was him. It was somebody like that. They're like, yeah, it's so close, but not where I live. I think that's the perfect place for Matt Lee to move. I used to live in Utah. I used to live there. It's an inch... Utah's interesting. It's a dichotomy there because you have your uber religious people and then you have your completely not like punk scene. And it, it's like these two, I don't know. When I was there, at least, it, it's crazy. But I just Google remember Fiber. back in the infancy of yet another tech show, I want to say it was right around episode eight or nine. Oh, yeah. You, um, I remember that. You you given a nice little comment about the Mormons. Alienating <laughs> yet another demographic from our show. No big deal. We don't get paid by the click. We don't get paid by the click. That accounts for the big Mormon uh, boycott of Yats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that where the University of Utah is? 
Provo's right yeah. next to Salt Lake. Because University of Utah was the major source for years of uh, computer graphics research. So my guess is they're trying to follow places where they think cool applications will come up. That's where the Pixar guys started, right? Yeah, Utah. totally. Isn't that where the government is building their big counterterrorism counter? It is. It is the big uh, place that's going to suck up all the data and then start throwing algorithms at it to try to crack certain uh, encryption. Talking about big data there, big data. No, that's like all the data. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Is Google going to really become a? I mean, are they going to do this all over the place, or are they just... It's it's, it's in their best interest the more people use the internet. It seems like a no-brainer to, if you can also be the ISP, why not? Well, I think what it is is when you get to these things where you're discussing it with the ISPs and you're saying, don't be dicks, and they can't not be dicks. Can Google (laughs) be not evil and still be an ISP? If their business model is based not on the bandwidth, but on on you using as much bandwidth as possible, because fiber is the pipe to do that for sure. Well, I think actually the other businesses that Google has are a disincentive against them, like you know, crippling anybody else's stuff. That's a good point. I wish Google Fiber was in Montana. <laughs> that's for sure. No, that's right. Uh, it's such a great business case for that. But it's not that they would cripple anything. I mean, the thing is, if, if say, somebody switches from Comcast to, to Google Fiber, uh, there's that person is still on the Internet, and they've got faster connectivity now. It's, it, it, it doesn't hurt Google, does it? But it helps. Think about the extra signals me. Google's going to get by being your ISP. Instead of just yeah. getting the data from the bits that's going through their servers. Now they're getting the data from all the bits because they are the ISP at that point from that, from a data aspect, it seems like also a no brainer. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it hurts Google to, to uh, steal a customer away from ATT or something. But if they can offer a better service at a better price, they're not stealing, they're competing, right? No, no. I mean, I don't mean, I was just, you make um, it, it sound all like antitrusty, and to get these guys <laughs> it's the last um, thing we need. Lower your ball, right? <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, Larry, you want to tell us about the presidential science initiatives, including the internet? Uh, yeah, that was a uh, fun post. The uh, uh, I don't know within the last week or so again, and Obama, you know, he he is uh, he has done things like say, okay, we're going to try to map the human brain. Right, and we're going to spend a hundred million dollars a year doing it. He's trying to kind of come up with some inspirational big science kind of things, and it reminds you of Kennedy, you know, saying he's hey, trying to go to the moon back, again, right? Bring him back within the decade. Yeah. And uh, so the thing, a guy, I just did a post on it. One is I found a guy I can't remember who or where who is just you know his opinion, the top ten uh, presidential science initiatives of all time, and it starts out with Lewis and Clark with with Thomas Jefferson kind of popping for Lewis and Clark. Uh, So that's kind of an interesting question to just throw out to you guys. What are some cool ones? Uh, One thing he didn't have on his list was the the R&D that went into the Internet. And it turns out a whole bunch of years ago I wrote an article on that, so I was able to throw in a table. Basically, the the U.S. government has invested about $130 million dollars and for that, we got the internet. So I think it was a pretty good, a pretty good investment. I don't think people really consider that though, because they just think it was something that was magically birthed, and it's just there. Like people don't really think about like the the technologies that had to build upon each other to create what we have today as the internet. Like there's a lot of crazy stuff in there that people have no clue about how it even works. You know, it's you think it's the same for pots? The magic box. Yeah, but pots is a little more. Not like obvious, but it's it seems like pots is a little more easier to figure out if you had to more so than like take apart a router and try to like you know it's it's not a lot of circuitry I feel but like. you don't need to take things if, if you but, try to explain the difference between circuit switching and packet switching that's well not... yeah it's the same concepts but yeah it's the same concept that's making what, that's it work why I asked. In... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just say, but it's making them work in practice is is two totally different things. But it's kind of I I was coming more from the point of view of you know people say oh the government sucks and the government should never do anything 
And this is that that post, you know, talking about what Obama's doing or the Human Genome Project or Lewis and Clark or you know Morris's Telegraph. I mean, those are all government-funded initiatives. And well, I know they paid off well. Well, the thing is, I think one of the reasons that the carriers don't want to do gigabit to the house is because it makes them upgrade the backbone, and it's hard to monetize IP transport in the backbone. Uh, oh, well. And they don't want to. Have, yeah, they don't want to have to upgrade their backbone because well, the, all the, market, the all the existing technology that's there is getting kind of dated, right? Well, and they, and essentially, the, the, there's the market is not addressing that issue. So, I mean, for me, if you're going to announce something big, go for you know. Uh, the in- interstate highway system of, of backbone say the government's going to invest in in high speed connectivity between American cities. I mean, because yeah. the because the the carriers have no financial incentive to do it, and it needs to, it needs to be there, right? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the, the FCC has put out a I don't know with what kind of money behind it, but a, a challenge to have a gigabit city in every state as quickly as I don't know by such and such. Do they just light up each capital? Is that, we'll just go to each capital, connect all the capitals together and bada bing? Beats me. They're not talking about funding it. They're challenging us to do it somehow though. Well, I'm just saying, if like the government is going to fund an interstate, you know, you know, uh, massive backbone connection network to interconnect cities, uh, they can they can you know favor American vendors. They can buy Cisco equipment. They can do other things that would pour more money into American jobs. I mean, they can do that, right? I mean, well, and that makes sense too when you think about it, right? If if they're going to like what Obama's doing with the brain scan thing, like yeah, that's cool. It's cool science, but it's not going to benefit any of us immediately. If you put something into like lighting up fiber to connect all of the cities, that affects us and benefits us immediately like that's once you turn that on like we're all using faster internet we're all benefiting and evolving that much quicker now so it's well, it I mean, it's, it's, more competitive it's long-term short-term but there it seems like there's more more added bonuses to doing the the internet thing because you do make more jobs and, and this and that and but better if you connect- do just say they say okay we're gonna do that i mean you know the the backbone providers have investments in that. They're going to scream like it yeah. almost. I hate to say this, it doesn't even seem fair to them. Shit. Do they Not then sure. give them a chance and say? Well, they've done it. I mean, there's or, tons or, or tax subsidies. On activity they write it off or whatever. I mean, right That's why they're in this position in the first place. At least here locally, like if you want to be an ISP, you have to pay twenty five bucks a month, regardless <laughs> to the people here that own the backbone, which is CTEL, and they got in early with the city and got all these tax breaks and all this and that, so they were able to lay the infrastructure, and now they own it because all yeah. of those well, That's not the interstate, and that's the, the local, local government. But that's what I'm saying. They would they would complain to the local, at the local level, that like, hey, this big corporation wants to come in and take away something we've been profiting off of for the last 30 years or 50 years or 100 years. You, you know, know that battle that. locally is fought all over the country in courts to right. try to stop cities from providing, uh, not even ISP, but providing any level of connectivity, uh, wholesale or retail. Uh, that's... That whole municipal networking thing is is fought in by the carriers in every state in the union in court. It's interesting to look at the legal form to do it. That little. It's interesting to look at that graph you put in there uh, about the cost and the project, like how much the cost changes between like the telegraph and the the NSF net backbone, say for instance, like just. But you know that those numbers, yeah. That's could you come back to the government funding of. uh, of science. I mean, look at the total of that whole thing, man. Uh, out of that, the internet was born. 124 million. Yeah. I mean, what kind? What a return on investment, for God's sake! And you can argue with those figures and say, well, the the government did a lot of procurement of networks too. But even if you throw that money in, um, it's still an example of the government spending relatively little money for a huge return. Um, I don't know. And we don't even know, like, the... I guess I'm starting to sound like a Democrat tonight. I've been (laughs) bagging on the Republicans twice. And you don't even know the full return on that because it's still evolving. It's still growing. We're still changing, you know? So... All right. Well, that's it. It's an hour. That's the show. I'm going to eat, so sorry. Oh, man. I know. Yet another tech show. Yeah, it's every Wednesday night. Join us for these fantastic discussions. Chris Miller, I do notes. Thank you. For joining us not a problem sadly we're recording this and 
everyone will see some more news later on by the time this is out. So yeah, um, a lot of stuff happening down there. That's crazy. Yeah, Chris, you down between being in Boston and then watching that man, it's like. Well, I just got news updates. And we should clear up something we said earlier. Scoble just tweeted while we were on that said he is allowed to let people try them on, just not keep them. Ah, that's where that line is. You have to give them back. If you steal them, I'm going to brick them. (laughs) Right. We'll talk about the other people off air in just a second. Okay? Right. All right. Richard Hay, thank you for joining us. Hey, Richard. And, of course, Ant, Mike, and Larry, the Yats gang. Uh, every yep. week, yeah, nerdtechshow.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, I hope everyone's okay. Peace out. Thanks, everyone. Good night, you all. Good night, guys. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.